1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
0: If you're a little bit of an Australian history buff, you'll be excited about the idea that an Australian author is currently preparing a new book on Alfred Deakin. He was Australia's second Prime Minister and prior to that he was leader of the movement for Australian Federation. Throughout the 1890s, Deakin was a participant in conferences of representatives of the Australian colonies that were established to draft a constitution for the proposed federation. Now the National Library in Canberra holds in trust most of his manuscripts and his collection of two diaries called... The Book of Prayer and Praise. Now, it's a collection of 400 prayers where he expressed his heart to God. And the author of this new book is Alan Curry, who's joining us now. Hello, Alan. Welcome along to 2020.
1: Hi, Neil. Thank you very much.
0: Alan, Alfred Deakin, and some will say prime ministers that go back to Federation. Who's interested in that? But, of course, a lot of people are interested in Australian history. But what's so special about Alfred Deakin?
1: Neil, I think it's important for Australians to understand that we have in Alfred Deakin a tremendously uh, amazing man who really was the person who was the father of Federation. Um, In some regards, other people like uh, Sir Henry Parks have been known as the father of Federation, but really it was Alfred Deakin who was the main key person behind seeing uh, Federation come about.
0: He was the nuts and bolts man. He was the hard worker in the lead up to federation and helped put together the constitution. Is that the way you frame him?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, other guys, like I said, with uh, Sir Henry Parks saw you know the future of Australia being a federated one nation. But it was really Alfred Deakin that did all the all the heavy lifting and all the behind the scenes work. And he was there, you know, being a person behind the scenes, prepared to sort of just get the job done. And then when the government came into place in 1901, um, Sir Henry Parks wasn't here anymore. He passed on, and so it was really Alfred Deakin that was the uh, main key person in the first government, and then he became Prime Minister in the second, and then he was also Prime Minister in the fifth and seventh
0: as well. So, Alan, Alfred Deakin actually was three times a Prime Minister...
1: He certainly was, and it was in a very uh, troubling time during that stage when Australia was just getting burst and just getting going. There was a huge amount of work to be done, and so Deacon was really the man that did a lot of that heavy lifting, that early work to get a lot of our key institutions and legislation through to get Australia established.
0: The thing, I guess, we wanted to talk about today was this set of prayers. He was renowned as a man of prayer, and not just a man of prayer, but someone who wrote down his prayers. And I guess there's a lot of history in the prayers that he wrote.
1: Certainly, that those diaries and a lot of the documentation and uh, journals that he wrote, he was constantly writing. In fact, he He found it difficult to sleep, and so, he, you know, some of the dates and times, he's actually got 4 a.m., 5 a.m., where he's sitting up writing his story. And and he was also a journalist for the Age newspaper as well. So um, uh, David Syme was a very close friend of his, was the, the guy that started the Age. And so he was constantly writing all the time. And so, yes, he wrote 400 prayers over a period of 1884 to 1913.
0: Sometimes when we're reflecting on Australia's Christian heritage, the prayers of Alfred Deakin come up. And given that there are 400 of them, it's difficult, I guess, to say that anyone has really read them all. And this will be the first time when you publish your book that all 400 will be basically gathered together into one document.
1: Absolutely, now It's an amazing bit of Australian history that has never been really made public. It's been available, Uh, you know, those papers and journals were given to uh, one of our early Prime Ministers, Menzies, and so they received it in 1966 from his three daughters. And so it's all that material has been sitting in the National Library in Canberra, and it's only been available for people who would turn up to the library and have a look and go through all the material, and there's a lot there. So yes, it's the first time that this will be made public.
0: Alan, as you reflect on Alfred Deacon's life and your awareness of these 400 prayers that were written down, what does that tell you about the character of a man who was leading Australia at the time of Federation?
1: Well, Neil, it's it's amazing to see that there was such a godly man at the beginning of our Federation who was the man that was involved with setting the foundations. And so... And the thing is, he was such a humble man that he was constantly seeking God and asking God for wisdom, understanding and insight as to what to do in all the many situations and challenges that he was faced as Prime Minister.
0: It would be worth it to actually hear some of the words in the prayers that he wrote. Uh, on your website, which is www alfreddeacon.com, and listeners will be able to visit that website and get a, a bit of a glimpse of what you're trying to do and, in the production of this book because uh, the website will go along with it. But if I were to read just a few of the words there, you can catch some of the turn of phrase that he's used in the prayers. If, if you don't mind, if I read that, mm-hmm. Alan, it That's says, great. Oh God, teach me to pray. Give me the impulse to prayer. Give me the sense of thy nearness. Give me that insight into thy nature, which shall quicken me to faith. Give me the feeling of absolute isolation from the world and from my lower self, that I may realize and reap the fruits of communion with thee. And I could go on, but there is a sense in there that the humility of the man comes through in these prayers.
1: I would totally agree with that, Neil. As I've been reading through the prayers, they're very deep. And uh, you need to take time to really meditate on them. it's It's really uh, a, a type of book that will be great for people who want to really meditate and get a deeper understanding of the power of prayer because that was really the the answer and the reason why he was so successful.
0: Alan Curry, working on a book that will contain all four hundred of these prayers of Australia's second prime minister. Uh, We'll continue our conversation in just a short while. We're taking some time to talk about Australia's second Prime Minister. He was Alfred Deakin, and in the lead-up to the formation of Australia's federation, uh, he was a prime mover, a nuts-and-bolts man. We're talking today about a set of prayers that were written down by Alfred Deakin, In fact, 400 of those prayers that have never been published before in the one book. And there's a new book that's coming out a little later this year that will reflect those 400 prayers and with some commentary on the context of those prayers too. Alan Curry is the author of this new book that's coming out a little later this year. And there's also a website called alfreddeacon.com. Alan Curry, let me ask you about something controversial about Alfred Deacon and that is that he's often described as someone who is a spiritualist. Is there an issue here with the way we interpret words uh, or uh, definitions? How do you describe this man and that, uh, that context of being called a spiritualist?
1: Well, you're absolutely right now. He was involved with spiritualism in the very early period of his life, in his early teens and in his early 20s. Uh, he actually, uh, with his parents went to church when he was a young boy and he read the Bible from cover to cover. And he felt that there, there were things that he didn't see in the local church at that, of that era, that he was seeking more spiritual experience. And so that's what led him into, to spiritualism. And he actually did attend seances. And so, uh, it was quite an interesting part of his life that, that he started to move away from once he became, uh, into politics. Um, but it, it made it, it showed him that there was a spiritual realm. Um, even though he believed that there was, he's actually experienced supernatural things. And then he realized that it actually concerned him a little bit and because of his amazing uh, ability to sway people with his personality and his his character that uh, he got a little bit concerned about it, so he moved away from it and and became much more focused on on Christian issues and Christian values.
0: When you say he's moved away from it, is there evidence that supports that shift? I mean, obviously, when we read the sorts of prayers, one that I began to read in that last segment, uh, you wouldn't note that there was someone there who might be connected with spiritualism and the idea of attending seances and things. You would say uh, that would be the prayer of the heart of someone who was a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, Was there any particular point where he turned away from those background uh, spiritualist uh, uh, foundations?
1: I've done quite a bit of research so far and read the two biographies about Deacon and then also uh, Manning Clark actually wrote quite a bit on him as well. And I have not, at this point in time, found one particular moment in time when he actually had uh, something that caused him or God spoke to him and, and directed him. But he did certainly meet different Christian leaders, uh, especially William Booth was one. And I would say that there was a number of people, uh, and I think also because he started praying in in 1884 very deeply from his heart towards God, that I think God just began to lead him uh, and help him to realize that there was a, a better way.
0: We're all certainly on a journey and there are some things that happen in our earlier life that change when we have an encounter with God. And uh, I suspect uh, that what you're describing is uh, a time in his later years when he began to write these prayers and uh, reflecting on uh, bringing the nation and the future of the nation to bring his petitions about what he thought the nation would evolve into.
1: I mean, when you're trying to find out these things, you need to go back to the historical records. And so there was a man that wrote one of the only uh, biographies on him. There was two biographies, but the one that was uh, written by an uh, official biographer who was Walter Murdoch, who happened to be the great uncle of uh, Rupert Murdoch. And he said uh, in his book, because he knew the family very intimately and he wrote the book in 1923, that he moved away from spiritualism after about twi- at, at 21 years old, around that 21-22 period.
0: It does demonstrate, doesn't it, that he was a complex man. He was a quiet person, but he was also very aware uh, when it comes to spiritual issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the interesting thing was he actually had a glimpse of heaven. If you go onto the website, you'll see where he has an actual vision of heaven itself. And interesting enough, he mentions something about billions of leaves from the Lord. And when you have a look at the Bible in Revelation and Ezekiel, it talks about the trees after the healing, uh, the the leaves of the trees after the healing of the nations. And then Ezekiel talks about the leaves for healing. And so Deacon not only saw heaven, but he even heard a voice from heaven.
0: Is there reflection in the prayers? And no doubt you've read all of those prayers, all 400 of those from Alfred Deacon. Uh, Is there, what do you glean, Alan, from his vision for what Australia might become?
1: That's a very good question, Neil. And I think I'm still going through all 400 of those (laughs) prayers. They're very deep. I think uh, what really comes across at this point in time is his humility and his knowledge that God had all the answers and that God had all the wisdom to help him be the leader that he he wanted to be, that he just wanted to serve the nation. And it wasn't about titles for deacon. He actually rejected all the titles and, and people don't know him as, as Sir Alfred Deacon because he rejected uh, knighthood twice. And so... When you look at those prayers, you realise he was a humble man who did not seek for titles or position or power. Uh, Although power was given to him and he was in charge of the nation of Australia, he simply wanted to serve and do the right thing by people and by, by Australians.
0: And of course, as you mentioned a little earlier, in those three times that he was Prime Minister, uh, that those were turbulent times. It wasn't an easy path, and you might assume that uh, being led to prayer uh, to get through those really tough and uh, very difficult times would have been something that, uh, that as a Christian believer, that's what you tend to do. You tend to lean towards uh, your faith, and you need to call on God rather than run away from that and, and, and be, in some sense, a shallow type of a person.
1: Absolutely, Neil. I mean, even when he entered politics in the late 1900s, you know, not many Australians realised that we were actually on the verge of civil war back in those days uh, with some of the influences and things that were going on at the time. It was terrible uh, instability around the world. And so Deacon sought God and prayed uh, very fervently uh, for the nation, Uh, that it would find its way through those very troubling times and give him the ability to do that which was the right thing to
0: do. So a praying Prime Minister steered Australia in the direction that Australia did go. uh, Back at the turn of the century, the 20th century, when the formation of Australia's Federation was being undertaken. Uh, the book itself, uh, I know that it's going to have a, a specialist sort of a appeal and probably for people who want to make reference in Australian history. It might not necessarily be something that people will rush to buy off the bookshelf. Uh, you've actually got some sort of a crowdfunding proposal to help to get this book really off the ground.
1: Certainly, yes, we do. Uh, And that's just to help to get the book uh, written
0: and finished
1: and get it it out there. So it will be available on the website uh, as a digital download. And we're also looking uh, for a publisher at the moment, so it can, can actually be in a physical form. I think because of the historical aspect of Deacon's life and what he went through, it's actually the prayers show certain things that he was going through at the time that helps you understand his life in fact um you know the man that wrote that book uh, that i mentioned before and it's just called deacon and uh, alfred deacon he actually said i'll I'll just read this quickly to you he said he left behind him two little books of prayers through which if uh, they were made public who's who was capable of reading them with sympathy could understand and glimpse uh, the innermost spirit of the man. And so truly, when you read those prayers, you do understand the real heart of how, you know, what really motivated, what really moved him.
0: Well, it is a book of prayers that does need to be published. And uh, while people will be able to visit the website, uh, there's also opportunity to connect and to be a part of that project uh, by way of some level of crowdfunding. I'll give people the website. It's simply alfreddeacon.com. That's alfreddeacon.com. Alfred Deacon was Australia's second Prime Minister. We've been talking about prayers, 400 prayers, that were written down by Alfred Deacon at the time of Australia's Federation. Alan Curry, just great getting your insights today. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020.
1: Thanks, Neil. It's been a great privilege and I really appreciate it.